You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will discuss the hauntings of Lake George, New York. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mystery Still Unsolved. Pleasure to be here with all of you today. Uh, This is our last January episode, one month down 2022, 11 more to go. I feel like this year is already flying by. Next week, we will be entering the month of love, and I am so here for it, not only because I love chocolates and all things red and pink, but because I have some incredible topics on the calendar for this very podcast that are Valentine's themed. Okay, not really Valentine-y in the traditional sense. It's more like twisted love or lover scorned or things that occurred around Valentine's Day. But yeah, be excited because there are some crazy things coming in on the next few weeks. We do have some housekeeping, which I know we're all not a fan of. I mean, I hate doing it, and you probably hate listening to it, but you know what? It's got to get done, and I promise to be quick. Okay, we're just going to rip it off like a Band-Aid. First off, today we are going to have our first ads, which are actually kind of more like cross-promotion. I'm going to be featuring a fellow podcaster and also an incredible opportunity to go on a ghost tour at one of the places that we're going to be discussing today. And we've never really done that before, or at least not for quite some time. So I just thought you might want to be warned. Um, I did very eloquently, if I do say so myself, like incorporate the cross promotion into the podcast. So maybe you won't even notice it because I'm just that damn good. Okay. If you are not already following me on Instagram at the account at mystery still unsolved, why do you hate me? Or is it that you loathe yourself? Because honestly, those are the only two reasons that would make any possible sense as to why you're not joining me there. The only person that you're hurting in this podcaster listener relationship is you. So Stop being a sadomasochist, give yourself a big hug, a little loving kindness, and push that follow button. I promise, I promise to not be a needy podcaster. I only pop on once a week and give you the lowdown, and then poof, I disappear into the wind until the next week. I'm seriously such a great little independent podcaster. And trust me, you are going to want to follow because we're going to have a lot of exciting announcements coming up in the next few months, and you're not going to want to be the last one to know. That would be so awkward for you. Uh, so listen to me. I'm trying to save you from yourself. Follow me on my Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. And while you're at it, you could always visit my website at www.mysterystillunsolved. Honestly, there's not much to do there right now, so, <laughs> but there will be there soon. So you might want to have it on your radar. Get acquainted with it. Become pals with the website. Just a few updates. Okay. So I cannot remember for the life of me if I already mentioned this, but in our second episode, we discussed the case of Alonzo Brooks, a black man who was found dead after not having a ride home from a party out in the boonies. I know 
that I've mentioned that last year the family agreed to have the body exhumed so that the FBI could redo the autopsy and then we kind of just didn't hear anything more about it. I assumed that they were keeping things very close to the chest, but it happened. It happened, everyone. The FBI has officially come out with a statement that the death has officially, officially been changed from accidental drowning to a racially motivated homicide. And I know what you're thinking, especially if you were with me on all those episodes ago. No crap. But this is huge because they didn't just label it a homicide. They very specifically labeled it a racially motivated homicide. And that means that they probably have more solid information that they're not sharing with the class. Yet, the case of Alonzo Brooks is one of the cases that we've covered that truly haunts me. I think about it almost daily, wondering if anything new has happened with it. So as I found out information, I will be sharing it with you. Also, I wanted to talk about another case that we covered fairly recently. It was just episode 58, um, What Happened to Michelle Von Emster. I was recently in communication with a fellow podcaster who hosts a podcast where they discuss shark incidents, and they actually covered the case recently, and they found that there were some changes with the case. The family was notified about those changes, but they, like, seal the records or something so they don't want like the public to know, which is totally their right to do so. They certainly don't owe us any explanations, but it does beg one to wonder. So if you are interested in a podcast series that tells the true stories of when shark and human lives collide, go find them on Instagram at sharkfilespod or at their website, thesharkfiles.com. I am particularly partial to their latest episode, A Bathing Incident, so go check them out. So good. So good. Well, I think that's all the updates I have for today, so housekeeping officially over. Aren't we all so glad? Now let's just kick up our feet and talk about today's case, Ghosties in Lake George. I do want to add a disclaimer right at the beginning of this episode because as I was writing today's episode, I kept mixing St. George, which is a town that's four hours south of me, and Lake George. I do think I was able to catch them all, but just in case, if I say St. George at any point in this episode after this current sentence, I'm an idiot and I meant Lake George. Okay, let's go for realsies. As you might remember, I took a one and a half month sabbatical to New York this past summer to visit with friends and family and hunt some ghosties. This is my final on-location episode from last summer's series. So after today, if we talk about on-location ghosts or paranormal activity, we will not be in New York unless otherwise stated. It's kind of sad that this series will officially come to an end, but I love doing on-location episodes, so I plan to do some more whenever I get the chance. But if that trip taught me anything, it's that New York is real ghosty, y'all. Utah? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. Um, Maybe it's possible that there could be a paranormal world waiting for me that I wasn't even privy to. I mean, I live in the West. There's got to be some literal ghost towns just waiting for mysteries still unsolved to come and investigate. I'm going to look into it. 
All right, so we visited Lake George at the beginning of July and stayed there for about five to six days. We had a wonderful time. It was super rainy and cold, which kind of sucked, but we were able to go to some pretty fun and ghosty places. If you're not familiar with Lake George, you're certainly not alone, so don't feel outcasted. I didn't know about Lake George until I moved to Utah, and everyone I told where I was from would always comment, oh my gosh, how lucky were you to live so close to Lake George? Little did they know, I'd never been there. So I started researching it when we were planning our trip out last year. And guys, I don't know how to say this, but Lake George is kind of a big deal. People know it. Um, Apparently, there are people who travel from all over the world to come to Lake George. I lived two to three hours away from it for like 17 years, and I didn't have a clue. It is a beautiful lake town, and the lake is no rinky-dinky lake. Like, it's huge. People take their boats down to go boating and fishing and water skiing. They have guided tours of the lake. Um, We happened to be there for Independence Day and we were able to snag tickets to fireworks on the lake, which is a steamboat that takes you out to the middle of the gorgeous Lake George. And they they light off fireworks from another boat. It seems a little sketch and dangerous for the other boat, but it was seriously so awesome. My kids loved it. And what a fun memory to be able to share with them. If you need another reason to go to Lake George sometime, uh, there's a Six Flags Darien Lake, like right there. So go get your adrenaline pumping any way you'd like. I mean, where else can you think of that you can experience the thrills of a roller coaster and then see a ghost? Now, let's get to the reason you're all here. The ghosty stuff. If you know Lake George, then you know our first stop absolutely had to be Fort William Henry. Located in Lake George Village, you can experience life at a British fort in 1755. For context, this is where some Brits spent their time during the French and Indian War. Some of the most grisly and bloodiest of the battles fought during the French and Indian War occurred within the walls of the fort itself. Soldiers who did not succumb to their deaths at Fort Henry also experienced harsh weather and terrible disease. So if a cannon or musket fire didn't get you, one of those other things probably would. In 1757, just two years after the construction of the fort, the French and Indians invaded. 1,000 Brit soldiers were, were killed and eventually the Brits surrendered. The Indians, apparently disappointed in the lack of bloodshed, because they surrendered, kind of went on this killing rampage and went through the fort hospital scalping and killing any injured or sick soldier in the infirmary. So I think it goes without saying, but there is definitely some negative energy, uh, some negative residual energy lurking around in that place. From late May to late October, the Fort William Henry Museum conducts ghost tours. Visit their site, hauntedhistorytrail.com, to get tickets for your next ghost tour. If you think you may have heard about it, I wouldn't be surprised because Fort William Henry was actually featured on an episode of Sci-Fi Channel's Ghost Hunters. The Ghost Hunters initially went to Fort William Henry because they had heard about the reports of disembodied voices, people feeling the sensation of being grabbed, and apparitions of fallen soldiers. A tour guide named Fred explained during the tour that there is a lot of paranormal activity in the gift shop of the museum. 
apparently there will be like this loud clanking sound coming from the ceiling. It almost sounds like a large animal is stuck up there and like running batshit crazy around. But they said that they've had animal control out there when the sound has been occurring. And even though animal control had set up cameras, nothing was visible on them. Um, He also said that lights in the gift shop will turn on and off. And, like, they have these wind chimes in the corner, and they will all start chiming at once, even though there isn't a vent or a door anywhere near where the wind chimes are located. Erin, another tour guide, was once giving a tour near the western barrack when she began to hear footsteps above her head. She went upstairs to check it out, as there was no one else scheduled to be there at that time, and when she went up, there was no one in the hallway, and all of the doors were locked. Fred added to Aaron's testimony that he has been doing tours and has heard the loud echoing sounds of soldiers marching above their heads and he'll run up convinced that he's about to see like 50 to 100 men stomping with heavy boots on the rooftop and shocker uh, no one is there. Fred said that there is a section of the fort where you can go to one of its many lookout points and look out, duh, at the beautiful lake. Uh, Many of their patrons report people touching them, bumping into them, and grabbing them, but when they turn around, no one is there. Colonel Monroe, the person who ran the fort in 1757 when it eventually surrendered to the French and Indians, um, his office also has a lot of activity. So if you've ever watched the movie The Last of the Mohegans, there is a Colonel Monroe in that movie, and that's exactly who we're talking about here. The office is locked and kept off limits to tourists. However, many employees have walked past the office and heard whispering voices within its walls. When they attempt to open the door and it's locked, the voices stop. One employee even heard Colonel Monroe once being berated by a voice on the other side of the wall for not treating his soldiers properly, and again, he tried to wiggle the door open, but it was locked, and the voices stopped. Then, we go to the dungeon, which, yeah, all of the rest of the stories have taken place above ground, so can you imagine how much worse it's going to get when we get underground? Not only that, but the dungeon was never really used as a prison. Phew, right? Wrong. It was used as the fort's infirmary and hospital. So yeah, bad energy is a plenty down there. It was always packed with sick, dead, and dying. One time when Fred, the tour guide, led a tour down there, they began to hear the sounds of muffled crying. A woman had her hand kind of like leaning up against one of the rooms that had like bars and a woman in the back screamed and just about jumped out of her skin because she felt something on the other side of the wall grab her hand. There is also a section of the dungeon where they have like mannequins that are kind of like posing as how that space would have been used back in the day like think like Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland just like all these little mannequins posing and there's this one area where there are some alcohol bottles with a mannequin dressed as a bartender and this room has a window with bars so tourists can look into it but the room is locked however every morning the tour guides come There will be outlines with chalk around the bottles, or the bottles will be moved to the other side of the table. They'll go in and fix it, and the next day, the same thing again. 
So I did end up watching the episode with the Ghost Hunter team. Uh, They got a tour and then stayed the night. I had hoped that they would stir something up, like just their presence, because I know that they're very in tuned with the supernatural and the ghosties, um, that it would turn something up. If you're interested in watching this episode, um, honestly, don't bother. I mean, I don't want to give anything away, but shocker, they didn't get anything. The evening was really rather uneventful, like almost painfully so. The ghost hunters did discover that every cannon had bees nests in them, and they encountered a wild porcupine while on the roof. Wow. Wow. Thanks, guys, for being as helpful as a local pest control. They did investigate with an EVP machine, and they, of course, acted as if they heard a bunch of stuff that was really rather unexciting. Uh, They were super excited about hearing footsteps and, like, mumbled sounds, but I'm not. While investigating the dungeon, they heard what they call an audible, and they played it literally over and over again, and I could not hear a thing. They were all like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Oh, that's so crazy. But I can assure you, it was not crazy. (laughs) Me and my family went to the fort. We were not able to experience any paranormal activity for ourselves. However, there is definitely an energy there. It's kind of like this somber, almost dreadful feeling that overcomes you when you're there. The only comparison that I can really make is when I was a child, maybe like 11, 12, 13, I can't really remember. Um, I've blacked out my childhood because it was so awful. Just kidding. (laughs) And visited Gettysburg. Um, There's just kind of like this similar heavy feeling. You almost feel like the trees and boulders are trying to communicate with you all that they've seen and experienced. And I've never had that feeling in any other place besides Gettysburg and Fort William Henry. Both locations are places where bloody and gruesome battles occurred. Both locations are places where thousands of people lost their lives in a small, like, square-footed area. So yeah, I definitely feel like there is a lot of spiritual energy pained and lost at Fort William Henry. So is Fort William Henry haunted? I couldn't say because I wasn't able to experience anything for myself, but it certainly has an energy about it that would certainly lead me to believe that others have experienced something. Like if somebody went there and told me that they had their hand touched or that they heard wailing and crying, like I definitely wouldn't be surprised. I would believe it. I'd like to share a few honorable mentions with you if you ever do find yourself in the Lake George area and you wanted to visit even more spooky and possibly haunted places. The first place I'll mention is a great place to visit if you're hungry for both the paranormal and chocolate. There is a centuries-old building that houses bark eater chocolates. The building itself has a gruesome history that's not so sweet. Between the tragic accidental death of a child, the mysterious disappearance of a woman who used to work there, and at least two, count them, one, two, confirmed deaths in the building, I would not at all be surprised if this place was haunted. Every ghost tour at the property ends with a tasty chocolatey treat. Win-win. 
There's also this really cool place that we didn't have a chance to go to, but I'm still butthurt about it. Um, It's called the Lake George Mystery Spot. So here, an age-old mystery comes to life in the middle of Lake George Village. The Lake George Mystery Spot lingers on a circular platform at the intersection of two metal rails. Adventure seekers who stand at this intersection can be astonished to discover their amplified voices echoing back at them. Explanations of this acoustic abnormality have been attempted to be accounted for by the sound being like possibly echoed off of distant buildings or even like mountains that are like hundreds of miles away. But most people believe, as it is in the history books, that this place holds very special significance to the ancient Native American god that Native American tribes in the area used to worship. If you're in search of a creepy place to stay while you're in Lake George, well, you are in for a treat, my friend. Um, You might just want to try the Sagamore Resort. It has a long and tragic past, so it's no surprise at all that this lavish resort is home to much more than first-rate amenities and stunning views. A number of spirits are believed to prowl its long corridors and hallways. Patrons of the hotel report seeing apparitions throughout the grounds, including a woman in her early 20s named Lillian. Lillian approaches patrons of the hotel and tells them, I'm waiting for friends so that we can go boating. But when patrons turn to point her towards the dock, she disappears. Um, I did a little bit of research about Lillian and it turns out that she, in fact, was waiting for her friends so that she could go boating. But then she ended up meeting up with her friends and she drowned in the lake. Uh, there is also a man named Walter who has been spotted near the concierge in a three-piece suit and a walrus mustache, which I had to look up because I had no freaking clue what a walrus mustache was. FYI, it's one of those janky mustaches that look like the mustache that Stalin sported back in the day. If you have a chance to visit Lake George, I would certainly recommend it. Lake George is a beautiful albeit spooky and gruesome location. The magic of its waters are counterbalanced with the atrocities that the grounds there have witnessed over the past three to 400 years. But I'm curious, what do you make of Lake George? Do you believe Fort William Henry is haunted? Would you be brave enough to stay the night there? Have you ever had a paranormal experience of your very own? If so, leave a comment about it on my most recent post that you can find on my Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. You know I always love reading your thoughts, theories, and opinions on every single case that we cover. Do you have an unsolved hometown murder or just a mysterious crime that you can't stop thinking about? Send me a DM. I would love to cover it on an upcoming episode. Want to know how you can support this podcast? Of course you do. Like I mentioned, follow me on my Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. You can also visit my website, www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Tell a true crime-loving friend, family member, co-worker, neighbor, dog-walking companion, grocery store clerk, mail postal worker about me. Word of mouth is the best referral. There are more weirdos like us out there than you think. You've just always got to be on the hunt for them. But the best way to support this podcast is and will always continue to be. Join me next week when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed 
or is the mystery still unsolved?